Okay. Back, let's let's keep going back to baby Zach. Yeah, growing up in Michigan, what was life like? Um, I mean, it was. I, I had a pretty normal childhood. Yeah. Um, and you know, went to school. Pretty much knew Michigan for most of my entire life. Yeah. And then uh, at twenty five, I decided to move out to New Mexico. Why did you pick Albuquerque of all places? I don't know. I was. I think it was like I knew I wanted to get out of Michigan. So it was kind of like a. I, I literally just kind of packed my stuff and put up into a moving truck and was just like, I'm going. I sold my car. I just kind of was like, I'm, I'm leaving. And everybody's like, where are, you going? where are you going? And I'm like, not entirely sure yet. It was just I knew I was heading southwest. It was sort of uh, my Jack Kerouac. Yeah, it's kind of, of a ballsy moment. move to not even know where you're going. Yeah, well, I got, I got a, like, a nice bit of wisdom um, from a friend of mine who pretty much said like, all right, so if you leave for a few months, like what's the worst that can happen? Like you come back with some credit card debt and it's just like, you know, best case scenarios you find. I think cool. death is the worst thing that can well, happen. Right. That's right. <laughs> right. But I mean, you could die anywhere. Yeah. Right. Well, true. So you could die in Michigan or you can die in Albuquerque. Yeah. I think your chances of dying are higher in Albuquerque. Probably a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess they're probably pretty high in LA too. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, you got, yeah, your odds are good. And Michigan was always known as like the murder mitten when I was living there. The so. murder mitten? Yeah. Why is it the mitten? Yeah. What? Michigan looks like a mitten. <laughs> Everybody mitten. like collectively raised their hand the as UP. like a. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just was like, I'm gonna move, and got to New Mexico. Thought the sky was huge. Yeah. It really is big. enjoyed it, um, and was just like, I'm gonna stick it out here, and ended up staying there for three years. What'd you like about Albuquerque, and, and how was it making a mark for yourself in that town? Um. I, I really loved Albuquerque. It, it's I say that past tense like it doesn't exist anymore. Um, it doesn't. Yeah. You didn't read the papers? Oh, no. What happened? <laughs> See, I what out happened of the was. <laughs> um, no, I really liked it there. Like, the community there is really great. Um, they have a big film community there. So they've been doing a lot of TV productions and stuff. So people are really excited for the arts and really excited to, you know, just be creative. Um, so it's just been when I moved there, I moved there at, like, the perfect time met a lot of really creative people and kind of got myself settled in pretty quickly. Uh, and building my business there wasn't too hard, but I think it was also because I had sort of a sense of urgency. I moved there without knowing a single person in Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want a nine to five job. I wanted to continue doing photography. And I think that sense of urgency really kind of like propels you forward. You know, when it's, when it's a do or die type situation, right. uh, you, you learn to excel pretty quickly. This is something I really want to talk about with you because I think a lot of people um, are afraid to move cities because they have to start over with this business. You've done it twice. Yeah. So let's talk about how you built a business in Albuquerque. You're dropped into the city that you really didn't even know you were going to land in. Yeah. How do you go about establishing yourself, yourself as a photographer in a completely new market? Um, you know, I did it I did it a number of ways. Um, at that time, I was doing headshots. I was doing portrait work mostly. So I like day one and pretty much from that day forward, I was just emailing every single person that I could find in terms of, I would one day just search real estate offices and contact every single one I could find on Google and email them being like, Hey, I'm a photographer. I looked at your website. I think you need new headshots, this, that, this, that. Let me know if you'd like to set something up and did that. You know, one day would be real estate agents, the next day would be lawyers, the next day would be this, that, this, that, and just kind of went from business to business. And honestly, like my cold emails maybe got 
a response one out of 25 times. I was going to ask um, what your rate of return was. On it, that it, was it wasn't very good. Um, but, I made enough, but enough to pay your rent. Enough to pay rent and, and enough to just kind of establish myself. And then, I mean, as you guys know, and as most photographers know, you know, the referrals just sort of build on each other. So it's kind of getting those initial contacts, getting started in that market. And then from there, you kind of get the rollover and return from recommendations from people, assuming what, you do a good job. What's it like living out of a Motel 6 for a year? <laughs> I didn't live out of Motel 6, man. Uh, I had a Super 8. Yeah, it's a Super 8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I, when I moved there, I found an apartment, and I, I looked solely for an apartment that had, like, the shortest lease that I could find because I didn't know if I was in the good part of town, in the bad part of town, et cetera, et cetera. So it was like... I'll set up That's base weird. here. You literally knew nothing about the city. I literally knew nothing. Um, so I just found like an apartment. I think it had a six-month lease, but their terms to like break the lease seemed pretty flexible. So I moved into that apartment thinking like in six months, if this doesn't work, I'll move back or I'll move somewhere else or I'll do something else. Um, and then stayed there for those six months, ended up moving to a different part of town. I'm thinking that a six-month lease that's really breakable is going to lead you naturally to a bad part of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably. probably. And honestly, it wasn't no a bad part of town. Check. It was just like – it was so many families. Like it was just like, a, like a different kids, spot for you. kids yeah. running everywhere all the time. It was – I think if anything, I was probably coming off as like the weirdo because I didn't have any kids. I was just sort of right. the new guy that kept to himself. You were the, the guy sleeping until noon. Not exactly. Ra- not raising children. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right, so important question. Mm-hmm. Red or green? Red or green? Oh, it's I got to go with green. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, the better? Rob, what are you, red or green? You have no idea what we're talking about, do you? But you're trying to like come up with something. I, I, see, I see the panic in your yeah. face. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no, no, there's no panic, but I'm always going to go opposition, so I'm going to go red. Yeah. 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 Where are you at? Christmas. Yeah? Oh, both. man. He's going both. Going He's both. a crazy man. It's the red or green chilies. Rob. Yes. They're seasonal. That's a big thing down in Albuquerque. I'm they put it on go- everything. I'm they put, still going red. They put it on their cereal. Yeah. 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 Their red chilies are great. Yeah. yeah. I green, think they're green actually... not so much, but the red ones are... The green's bad. delicious. What are you talking about? I think about? they're actually the same chili. They are. Yeah. They're it's just, just dried or cooked. Right. right. Yep. Mm. Look at that. How about that? All We're right. talking about the same thing, really. Mm-hmm. All right. So during your time in Albuquerque, was yep. there ever a time where you thought, all right, maybe photography's not for me? Like, um, maybe hang no. up the old... Hang up the old camera strap. No, no. I, I mean, I've never really had that that position ever. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I've always kind of taken the stance of I, I, I don't believe in the whole idea of like the dream job per se, because I think jobs sort of adapt and change um, throughout your career. Um, but I've never had like the moment where I'm like, I want to give up photography. It's always I'll change directions in my photography, but I think I'm I think I'm here to stay. So so. Initially, you started off more as a headshot, but you've now kind of labeled yourself as beauty. When did, yeah. when did that come about, and what really draws you to, to that type or, or genre of photography? Um, it, it came when I moved to L.A. Uh, I was shooting, you know, I moved to L.A., and L.A. is known really heavily for its, like, lifestyle stuff and, like, beachwear and different things like that, which is something that just didn't, it, it was, it would have been hard to get my name into that solely because everybody else was already doing that and everybody else had already established themselves in that market. Uh, so I just kind of looked at it and was like, what am I interested in doing, A, and B, where is there like a segment of the market where I can grow and gain clients? 
Were you doing beauty at all in Albuquerque? A little. I mean, I, I worked with makeup artists pretty regularly because a lot of my work was um, kind of like cinematic and commercial in style. So I worked with a lot of hairstylists and makeup artists already just because I like working with a big team that knows what they're doing. So I had done a little beauty as a result of just like, you know, working with a makeup artist and being like, hey, I want I want to do beauty because they're makeup artists. So kind of fumbling my way through it, but never really attached uh, myself to it very seriously until I moved to LA. How were you able to build a team of or a network of people uh, like hairstylists and makeup artists, that sort of thing? Um, I mean, when I moved to LA, I didn't really know anybody that was a hairstylist, makeup artist, or anything like that, but I knew other beauty photographers. So I already had sort of a network established of people that could vouch for me and had recommendations for me. So it was just a matter of, you know, with beauty, you know, makeup artists are always trying to shoot beauty because that's really highlighting what they're capable of doing. But they always get kind of sucked into doing headshots or sucked into doing like lifestyle or something that doesn't inv like really show off their talent. So when I started approaching makeup artists and being like, I want to shoot beauty, they're like, hell yes, like, let's do this. So I was able to kind of develop a, a few different teams of makeup artists and hairstylists pretty quickly. And then just kind of through that kept adapting my work and, and kind of fine tuning what I was doing. I'm kind of surprised that beauty isn't more prevalent in L.A. Yeah. You would think it would be a, the driver in that market. In that right. Case. Well, in, What in, do you think it's missing that people are avoiding it? I don't think it's missing anything. I think it's just uh, – I think it's tedious. So, you know, it's a market – Tedious? Tedious in All terms right. of like – Expand on that. Well, in terms of L.A., L.A. is very much like a lifestyle market. So mm -hmm. lifestyle is, you know, largely natural light, outdoors, mm -hmm. having the model smile, looking carefree, fun, et cetera, et cetera. So there's not a lot of like lighting principles in terms of like off-camera lighting. It's all natural light. Right. There's there's lighting okay. principles, but right. it's not like super technical using multiple lighting sources, et cetera, et right. cetera. Um, and then the retouching involved in beauty is is elaborate. So, yeah, it's very detail oriented. That's exactly. Sure. Right, so, I see where you're going. With so um, you know, with with most people doing lifestyle and you know branching off from that or you know starting with that and kind of branching off, I don't think that m anybody really has the interest in going from something that's lifestyle and being like, oh, I can set presets or something like that on these images, make them look great, to I'm going to spend an hour in Photoshop retouching skin. I think what Zach is saying is that all other L.A. photographers are lazy. That's what I'm saying. I think saying. what Zach's saying yeah. is he's a skin guy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he is. Yeah. yeah. I guess Wait, so. So let's back up. What, yeah. what happened in your life or your business where you're like, well, Albuquerque is not cutting it, and like, how did you how did you move again to and relocate to LA? Um, I mean, I don't I don't think I ever considered like Albuquerque the end game for what I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> Big, yeah, that was yeah. a good decision. Smart yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> not a lot down you guys there. Are, you guys are haters on Albuquerque. Over no, here. I love New Mexico. It's Santa Fe is one of my favorite places. Yeah, but it's very different than I lived. Uh, yeah. at, I lived in Al Albuquerque right after immediately after high school for about five months. Yeah, I moved in a motel six. Yeah. Before I went to college. Yeah. And it was, it's a rough town. It's just not a lot to do. It's be I mean, it's beautiful. I yeah. don't really like that super, super dry weather though. Yeah. So there's just not a lot to do. And I got over the food pretty quickly. Okay. See, so yeah, it's delicious, I, but I don't, I don't know, know if I can get over the green. food. I still, uh, Christmas Rob, we already went over this. <laughs> can you stay on point with what we're talking about? Jesus. Shut up. <laughs> um, I don't think I could ever get over the food, but, um, yeah, I, I, I knew that Albuquerque wasn't the end game. I knew that there was certainly a ceiling 
involved in Albuquerque and like you would reach that ceiling because there isn't it it isn't a creative market in comparison to LA or New York or Chicago or something yep. like that. So it just kind of got to the point where like I felt really comfortable in El- in Albuquerque and like knew that if I stuck around I would be that 50-year-old guy that's had the same photo studio for 20 years and is shooting the same thing that yep. he was 20 years ago. Man, that is the worst. 50-year-old guys. <laughs> You've got advertisements outside oh. of your studio of like the <laughs> no. pictures shooting you shoot. The same thing. Facing the street, getting <laughs> foot traffic. You're just like peeking through the blinds. Yeah. And see yeah. the next person coming in. Right. Come um, on in. The so, Zach's photography studio. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, see, he's, yes. he's still in last night. He's yeah, still yeah, in yeah. Night, night three. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, I mean, at that point, I was going out to L.A. once a month or so already to just kind of build work and different things like that. And it just kind of made sense. So uh, so you'd establish yourself in some de- to some degree to out To some there. degree. Like I had at least like made a few contacts with agencies and had a few friends that were already out there. I mean, everybody has a friend or two that's in L.A. So right. um, I had already known people out there and had some friends out there. and So you knew what was a good part of town and what was a bad part of town. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty well aware at that point. <laughs> was it hard to find a place? I mean, L.A. is massive and so packed. Man, How do you find a good the, place in L.A.? The there is nothing that I've done that's probably more stressful than apartment hunting in L.A. <laughs> really? Yeah, it is. It is such a like a grind. Like when I moved there, are you guys, you guys are familiar with Mike Kelly? Yeah, yeah. So Mike Kelly was doing this, going to airports all around the world. Right. So I sublet his apartment while he was away. So for the first two or three months in L.A., I lived at his place, and he that's had this easy. gorgeous loft in in Venice at the time, which is right. an amazing place to be and and kind of get yourself settled in. But when you're apartment hunting you know all the good places will go within a couple hours like because there's so many people that want apartments so you would see a listing on radpad or west side rentals is one of their big rental places you would go there and like and there would be seven other people that already want the place so then you have to be like you have to be you know the bachelor that gets that gets the rose at the rose ceremony <laughs> and when you go in there and be, they're like oh what do you do and you're like oh i'm a self-employed photographer and they're yeah, like they're uh, not gonna give you the application no thanks <laughs> like i think we're gonna go with the guy that has the nine to five and a, a salary job right um so it was just really tough i mean i looked at probably 40 or 50 different apartments holy cow wow. until i found what i want like it got to the point 40 where or 50 that's exhausting for yeah. real Oh, absolutely. And it got to the point where I would just set up in like a Starbucks or something um, in the neighborhood that I wanted to be. And then just like refreshing like Craigslist apartments. And just like when I saw something I want, I would immediately call and be like, I can be there in 10 minutes and drive there. Check it out. If it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't. That's kind of insane. Yeah, it's it's not a fun market to uh, apartment hunt. So once you get one, you never let it go. Yeah. Well, and actually I lived in that one apartment for a long time or probably, well, long time, like six months. Yeah. That's not long, Zach. No, that's not long at all. Um, And then from there I had friends that had a room open up in their house and then I've, I've lived there ever since. So, but so what's your, do you have a studio there at the house or what do you shoot? So when, when I moved in there, I moved in with a friend of mine who, uh, was a photographer as well. So he was using this back garage as his like studio, but it was just an old dirty garage and he had never really put money into it because he was the only one shooting in it. So when I moved in, we, we decided to like completely outfit it. So we put in hardwood floors, we painted all the walls, um, installed some cabinets, installed some lava lamp, 
a lava lamp, you lava know, lamp, yeah. um, a disco ball on top, you know, is. I hope you have a couple beanbag chairs. Right, yeah, some beanbag chairs. One of those hand chairs. A black light poster. (laughs) One of those hand chairs. In red? Red or green. Exactly, exactly. Red or green. Um, Neon signs. Exactly. Uh, So, yeah, we we kind of outfitted that. And it's still just a small personal studio, but it works perfectly, especially when I'm doing beauty. Because, you know, I'm typically only shooting, you know, shoulders up anyway. uh, And it, it works perfectly for stuff like that. So. What was the photo community like for you? Cause there's so many photographers out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of interested in how you entered that community and, and found other people to talk with and, and um, kind of collaborate with yeah. in such a large market. You know how the Kool-Aid man comes into a room? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> Zach. Exactly like that. Uh, no, I've always found this community to be really welcoming. Um, yeah. I think it was like two or three days into being there. Uh, Pratik, who's a, a fantastic retoucher. Who? Pratik. Um, pra- oh, Pratic. Oh, Pratic. Yeah, yeah. Pratic. Yeah. Pratic. <laughs> Patrick. Um, he was in town for something, and he he hosted like kind of a meetup for right. like a dozen or so photographers. So I was able to like immediately go there, meet meet a bunch of people that I hadn't already met, who I still hang out hang out with regularly now. Um, and yeah, I've always found the photography community photography community to be really really welcoming. I don't think that there's like a strong like competitive sense or cutthroat attitude that's good um, yeah it's always been really welcoming to me so it, it ended up being really easy and I like immediately was getting when I first moved there assistant jobs from those people if they just needed help on set and even like referrals so you've gained a lot of attention for yourself by being a writer um, mm-hmm. how did you kind of get into that whole world because um, you've written for some big names in the world. Have of you ever seen how the Kool Aid Man? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I approach everything by crashing through a wall. Um, that's good thinking. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got into it originally with F Stoppers. Um, yeah. It was be- like years and years ago. I used to write for uh, a website called Pitchfork and um, doing music reviews. Music, yeah, yeah, and so I already had kind of fine-tuned at least some writing skills in the past, mm-hmm. especially when it came to reviews and stuff like that. So I got in touch with F-Stoppers right as I moved to Albuquerque, mm-hmm. and they were, like, looking for writers, got hired by them, and then sort of worked my way up to be their features editor for a long time and manage a lot of the staff and kind of make sure everything got out on time. And then through that, other mediums sort of hit me up as they needed, and uh, I started writing for them. And now now I'm largely freelance. I still do blog editing for Lens Rentals, which mm-hmm. is a rental house in the right. States. And then also I contribute to SLR Lounge when I can. And then just every now and then if I have a little bit of downtime and I have like a creative idea or something to write about, I try to, you know, set up at a coffee shop and, and knock something out. So, Do you find it hard to keep coming up with new content to write for these at this point, yeah, because um, I've done it for so long. I mean, I've yeah. been writing for five years um, regularly. And, yeah, at this point, it, it's it's real tough. So I've had friends that are, you know, they'll get hired by, like, one of these, you know, media companies. And they'll be like, oh, I already have, like, 30 ideas for articles. And I'm like, give them to me. <laughs> like, I need these. Oh, really? Like, what are those? Yeah, yeah. Just like, huh, huh. 30 <laughs> article ideas. What do you huh? want to write about? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's a little tough. But I think it's also just because I've been at it for so long that you sort of get disenchanted with it a little bit. Um, but, you know, I'm still regularly coming up with ideas. Um, they're still coming to me. So it, it's, it hasn't been as challenging as, as it could be. But, you know, I'm always, I'm always sort of fighting to find something to write about. So you started with Pitchfork. 
Were yeah. you in a band? I was. What What'd you play? I played bass guitar. Bass. Um, slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. Sudden. Uh, and then also, like, <laughs> I've done backup vocals and uh, played a number of other instruments here and there for different. My My dad was like a studio musician growing up. All right, so top, that's cool. Top five rock and roll bands of all time. Go. Um, number one. Number, number one. Queen. Oh. oh. Yeah. Right. Uh, number two. Oh man, this is gonna. I'm gonna get some hate mail for this, but. I would I I put the Beach Boys over the Beatles. The Beach Boys? That's, that's, that's interesting. That's mistake. interesting. But okay. Are you just trying Pets, to be Pet different? Pet Sounds is one of the all-time great albums. No 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 question. Yeah. Pet Sounds <clears throat> is amazing. Yeah. Over the Beatles not going to go there. Well, in in when when Abbey Road came out, you know, it was it was they were saying we were influenced by Pet Sounds. Are the Beach yeah. Boys even rock and roll though? Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, dude, that you, you have to think of the evolution of rock and roll. The Beach Boys don't sound like rock and roll today. Yeah. But at that time, absolutely. Yeah. That was what Beach Boys, rock and roll huh? sounded like. How often every week do you listen to the Beach Boys? I don't listen to them very often. But, you know, I'll, you, everybody goes kind of through their phase. And then, like, you know, there's that, that day, day right. a month or day every right. couple okay, of months. So Queen like, and then the Beach Boys. I don't like where this is going, but um, let's go And there. then I would go with the Beatles, yeah, uh, three. number three. And then, you know, like the Rolling Stones are are incredible. And then... I know you. You got to go like heavy rock at that point, like a like a Led Zeppelin there or something. Go. All right. Okay. You know, Ringo Starr is being knighted today. He's becoming Sir Ringo. Oh wow! Yeah. In London today by the Queen. I like wow. someone on this trip, requoted Paul McCartney when they asked, "Is Ringo the best uh, drummer drummer in the, in, 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 in the world?" And they were like, "No, Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's such a shame how much hate that Ringo gets because he's actually a brilliant drummer. He's really like, good. Yeah. I've become a big a bigger fan of his as I get older. What's the deal yeah. with him singing though? That is some well, garbage. His voice is terrible. It's yeah, just, his voice garbage is terrible. All but he's Ringo Starr. He can pull it off. He can do whatever. He yeah, wants. I think it was yeah. at the time the Beatles were. You know, they they say they were bigger than Jesus. So yeah. um, I think they could get away with a lot more. Yeah. Um, and it was just, they all were like, we're going to be the front man at one point or another. In have this you band. seen or had the opportunity to go to the Beatles love show in uh, I have but you've, you've gone twice? No, I've just, gone just twice. Once. Okay, you, I, you've I gone saw, twice. I saw it a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. then they, they just refreshed it for its yeah. 10, 10th anniversary, and we saw it. We, we all went out there, and it, it was, was yeah. just incredible. Yeah, it was yeah no, I, I've heard I nothing but times, stellar honestly. things, uh, but I, haven't, I, I don't think I've ever actually even gone to a live show in Vegas, and what? I'm in Vegas all the time. But it's always work, so... It, it, yeah, but dude, come on! I mean, there's so many amazing shows. Take two hours and go see the Beatles. It, yeah. will, it will blow your mind. But it, there's also really amazing shows on the casino floor too. Nah. <laughs> you just sit back and look around. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But um, go see the Beatles for God's sakes! It's amazing, especially if they're in your top five. All right, you there's know? something therapeutic about watching old people just pump pennies into a slot machine. Yeah, know, just like one by one. Just, yeah. That's not therapeutic to me. I like that's, I, I, that. That stresses me out. It stresses I feel, me I, out I feel like they are wasting their time. They're wasting their life. They're mm-hmm. just. But isn't it yeah. so motivating to you to be like, I'm not going to be that person. No, I ever. just want to get the fuck out of that room. Yeah. I, I, it, no. Yeah. No. I'd rather be watching the Beatles. Whenever anybody I know that like goes to Vegas and thinks that they're going to like come home rich, I'm just like, look around. Like, yeah. look at the vaulted ceilings with like gold. Right. Like gold paint on them. Like yeah. this place is making money. Yeah, like, the odds of you coming home. Settle rich, down. You're not, you're slow. on the losing you're, side you're here. You're not winning anything. At no. Days. All right. So back to photography. Shall yeah. we? Rob yeah. keeps derailing the conversation with weird questions. Why do we want like to talk Rob? about photography? Back yeah. to Michigan. Oh, <laughs> let's man. go back to Michigan. Oh no. What's the closest you've ever come to dying? <laughs> I was uh, I was robbed at gunpoint once, 
in Detroit, outside of Detroit. Um, Fucking Motor City, man. See, yeah. Michigan's a dangerous hellhole. It, it can be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, for clarity, like, I grew up in, like, West Michigan, so it was, like, very, like, middle-class suburbs living. Right. So whenever I tell people I'm from Michigan, they're like, Detroit, whoa. And I'm like, <laughs> You're well, scrabble, man. I'm like, I was, I was in a college town. Like, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't quite as hard as, uh, as the rest of Michigan can what be. What town did you grow up in? Uh, like outside of Kalamazoo, Michigan, okay, which is like south of Grand Rapids, is right. probably the biggest landmark. So back to being robbed at gunpoint, how did it happen? Uh, I was leaving a concert at um, at a venue in Detroit, and it was uh, like turned the corner with a friend of mine, and immediately there was a guy there, and he pulled out a gun and was like, "You guys need to give us give me your wallet." Um, and somehow I like negotiated getting my driver's license back from him. I was like, "There's like." Like thirty dollars in my wallet and credit cards that I'm gonna cancel before you can like figure out the you, pins. You negotiated with a dude who had you at gunpoint. Yeah. <laughs> what? You told him that? Like I'm gonna cancel this, but go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, did, did, well, that's pretty obvious. He knows. Right. He knows the credit cards aren't gonna have value. I don't think for it is that days. obvious. That's motivation for him to be like, all right, I'm gonna kill you then. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you're not canceling oh, that's a, shit. That's a valid point. You can't cancel shit when you're dead. <laughs> yeah. I no. guess. But but also I was like 22 at the time, so right. it's not like he. He's, he's striking rich. What was like, it oh. about the driver's license? Was it a good photo of your It was. Yourself? I literally was driving back that night. So I was like, dude, can I just have my driver's license back? Because I'm, I'm, I don't want whatever. don't want to get pulled over. Right. <laughs> I, I can't get pulled Without over. your license. Right. <laughs> like, I realize that it makes absolutely no sense now. But, no, it makes but, no but sense. For some Let's reason, clear. He, he took the $30 or however many, like, actual however much the cash, cash i had yeah. and then just handed me the entire wallet back with my credit cards and everything that's and like, good and that's, that was that. that's i think that's a decent way to do it yeah you know yeah i, I don't recommend like uh negotiating no, when at gunpoint yeah. but um but it worked this that's time that's a good story so, what's yeah. it like to pee yourself as a girl <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i was like when i get in like weird bit. situations i go like i go like cold like i'm just like dead to the world and just was like all right this is how this is going down like like fear, fear makes me like overtly confident. I think um, Zach Sutton knows no fear. No, I know no, no fear. fear. That's why he can come crashing through a wall. He a wall no like fear. The yeah, that's how he's not afraid yeah. of getting hurt. That's he how I no show fear. up, just busting through drywall. <laughs> it could be dry. It could be concrete. You don't yeah. care. You have no mm -hmm. fear. Yeah, it's coming through it. Just <laughs> making it happen. All right. What's the worst thing that's happened in L.A. since you've been there? Um, like it's probably your roommates. No, right? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like nothing like overtly bad um as we look at one of your rooms, you know it's it's one of those things where like i came like it sort of like ruined like a week of i i like bought a new car before i moved to la and you know la's parking is atrocious and parked at street side and then like one morning come out and there's like a pretty obvious somebody backed into the side of the car but like left no note or anything. Right. And it's like I had a friend in town that's visiting just, at the time. That's just a welcome note. That's all that is. Welcome right. to L.A. Smash. Right. I had like a friend visiting at the time. And like I wanted to show them around. I wanted to like, you know, show them a good experience of L.A. But just like that entire day, I'm just like, oh. like I don't even have like 7,000 miles on this car. And it like <laughs> it has a big dent in the side. Um, so that was that was awful. And then, um, you know, like parking tickets there, they're atrocious. They're like $70 a piece. Mm -hmm. And when you first move there, there's like the growing pains of, I think the first two or three weeks that I lived there, I got like four or five parking tickets. Cause you don't know the rules and they have weird right. rules. Yeah. You, know? you learn, you learn what all of those signs mean really, really quickly. <laughs> but, um, 
Because so you can't you, read them beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, they're they're intentionally designed to be like sort of confusing and complicated. Reading is not his strong point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, a writer. A, I'm a writer, not, not a reader. reader. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, like the first like two weeks of being there and having like four hundred dollars in parking tickets, and then also going <laughs> from apartment to apartment and not being able to like sign a lease. You're just like you're sort of just in this like defeated state of like maybe this city isn't for me. Like. Yeah. Maybe San Diego or San Francisco or somewhere else. Um, so yeah, the first couple months in in LA were were tough, but uh, you know I think it's just the growing pains of the city. So can you imagine yourself leaving, or are you going to be there forever? Is this it? Um, I love the idea of you know when I moved from Michigan to New Mexico, I, I lived there for three years, and then I moved to LA, and I'm I'm like a month or two away from my three years in LA. Um, and I love the idea of like every three or four years moving to a new market, starting over, Seriously? kind of redeveloping yourself. Yeah, because I find myself I, I grow so much with that sort of struggle. You're still growing. Yeah, yeah. I'm about Six, to hit another seven growth. foot three. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to hit another growth spurt. Um, you need to be big if you're crashing through walls. Man. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So I love the idea of that. That said, I don't see myself going to a market that I can excel better in than LA. Like New York's always an option. Yeah, I was gonna say, but, where would you wanna go if, if you're gonna shift gears and, and kind of force this new growth on yourself? Um, what market? I, I mean, I, I don't really have anything in mind. In terms don't take of, your car to New York. Yeah, well, no. I and mean, then it's really gonna be dense. Right, yeah. No, uh, I, and I don't, I, I go to New York and like, I can't keep up. Like, I think I'm a pretty ambitious guy, but like in New York, those people are insane. They, you know, mm -hmm. they live in shoeboxes and work 60 hours a week, mm -hmm. every week, nonstop. Um, whereas L.A. is sort of known as the calm, cool, collected, we're going to go to the beach today sort of city. Right. Um, so I don't see myself ever going to New York to live. But um, I also I, I don't at this point, I don't see myself leaving L.A. So there's always this running joke that you have a lot of friends in L.A., but no one wants to go to their part of town because it's a two oh, hour yeah. drive. Is yeah, that, yeah. Is that pretty yeah. true? Yeah, I, I don't leave, like, I have a bubble. I don't leave it. Like, <laughs> three miles. I live in West Hollywood. Honestly, I walk most places. I live right off of, like, a main street that has a lot of really great bars, a lot of great restaurants, a lot of, like, coffee shops, things to do. So I will go, like, oh, like a week without driving my car at all. Um, and then also with parking being such a nightmare, like, you're in Ubers a lot more than you are in your own car. So, yeah, unless it's something that's, like, really important so downtown out of the question downtown downtown's more likely than like santa monica and they're about the same distance but downtown for whatever reason seems easier to get to than yeah. santa monica or venice or something like that but yeah I, I try not to leave my neighborhood if i can help it. what's your favorite restaurant in your neighborhood um there's like uh, i'm like obsessed with thai food so there's like a lot of really great thai places there's a summer buffalo which is a block and a half from my house um, there's Otis Thai kitchen, which is also a really great Thai spot. That's maybe a half a mile. Um, and then there's a Fratelli's cafe, which is just sort of like a, a little cafe that does a little bit of everything. But I'm, I'm usually there once a week, um, exploiting their free refills on coffee and getting work done. Ah, yeah. Exploitation of the coffee. Free refills. Yeah. So how are you marketing? Use a free refill. How are you marketing yourself now? How are you getting clients? Um, in it's, LA? it's a lot of, uh, you know, digital marketing, it's a lot of like Instagram. Um, I, I send out a, a ton of emails all the time, obviously. Um, and then just like referrals. Like I said, I, 
I don't know how I've, I've shot like a lot of weird big businesses in like jobs and I don't know how I get them. Like it's, it's honestly like try asking. It's really easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How did you find out about me? (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I I should. But it's like at that point, like, you know, like I'll say it'll be like a big commercial job. So you send them this like invoice that you're like, I don't think I've ever gotten paid this much for anything. And then like when they say yes, you're like, all right, keep your head down. (laughs) Don't attract too much attention or otherwise they'll look at this invoice and be like, wait a second. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been able to shoot a few really big jobs while I've been out there. And, uh, are you licensing any of your images or I'm not, I'm not doing much licensing. It's, it's been a lot of just like buyouts for the bigger jobs. Like, uh, I did like a star Wars premiere and that was just like a complete buyout for uh, rogue one. And it was like, you pretty much, what do you mean by I did star Wars premiere? What is that? It was mean? the the premiere of rogue one. So yeah, what, uh, what were you shooting? It was like red carpet stuff. Okay. Um, so we, we set up like a photo booth and then I was working with Verizon and a couple other companies or whatever and we set up a photo booth and pretty much were shooting people as they were leaving the premiere going to the after party uh and then pretty much at that point disney's like all right we own we own everything which they approach everything yeah i mean i got paid well um and it is still like you know despite not having the photos to use in a portfolio or anything like that i did make a lot of contacts with big you know it was verizon and disney which are huge um I made a lot of really great contacts with that, which is great. And then, you know, got paid well and got a really cool experience out of it that, uh, you know, is unique. I mean, shooting the biggest movie premiere of the year is sort of a... And you don't have to worry about model releases or anything. Exactly. Shoot and go. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it was was worth it. It was fun. Do you think that um, kind of being a writer and... uh, uh, working with blogs, I think they've changed a little bit. Do you think that's still a viable option for a lot of younger photographers coming up? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, it, you have to do it right. So, um, you know, uh, the two people that I think, especially like, and without like tooting my own horn here or anything, but like me and Clay Cook, when we started writing for F Stoppers, we really took it's advantage. Clay Cook and I. Clay Cook. Uh, <laughs> I'm a I'm a writer, not a not a proofreader, not a talker. Uh, not I'm a, talker. a writer, not a talker. <laughs> right. Um, Clay Cook and I, like, we both did a really good job of you know using using the medium to reach out to brands and and sort of develop personal relationships with brands. And uh, you know, so after we left or after we moved on from that, we were able to kind of stay in touch with the people that we met through that. And had already built sort of a rapport and trust with them. So, you know, both Clay and, Clay and I got sponsored. See, with like, look, he's learning. <laughs> it's Clay and learning. Me. Not me and Clay. Uh, Clay and I. Clay and me. Uh, <laughs> we, we both got sponsored by, like, Profoto, and we've worked with a lot of different brands afterwards. So we're able to sort of get, you know, a big corporation that's looking to help out creatives to help us with these projects that we're working mm-hmm. on. Um, and it's been, you know, a huge asset to what both of us do. So... So what does that mean, getting sponsored by Profoto? How does that relationship work? Um, you know, I, I do a lot of education stuff with them. So, like, at WPPI, uh, recently, I was I did a live demo with their booth. I've, I've done workshops that they've sponsored. I, I do, you know, live demos, different things, stocks, stuff like that. Stocks? Stocks. You know, they, they <laughs> so give me a name and I stock the them. Bean stock? No. Uh, no, talks uh, with them <laughs> on, on the regular. And, uh, you know, and then in turn... If I need gear for a project or something like that, they usually are able to help with that. And then also just kind of helping and promoting each other for various things. What's your favorite modifier? 
My favorite modifier is yeah. the Profoto Spot Small. They don't Spot even make small. it anymore. Ooh, you it's, got one, don't you? I got one. Yeah. I, I got one of the few. Exclusivity. Yeah, I I've, I've been told by many people that I need to put it up on. Why'd they stop making it? Uh, I th- I think it's being redeveloped. Um, so I guess, I mean, they're, they're paused on making it, but, uh, it was just like manufacturing costs, I believe. So, and it, it is like a very like specialty like product. And I think up until recently, people had no idea what it was, what it did, how that could be used in their work. And then recently it's kind of surged up and it's been used on a few movie posters that people have asked about. And I've written an article about it and other people use it. People like Chris Knight and, you know, Dan Winters uh, are are huge advocates for the thing, uh, and it's just it it makes like shaping light really easy and painless. So, have you ever met Dan Winters? I haven't, but I, I've talked to him a few times online. I would, so. I would love to take his workshop. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the best. Yeah, pretty. He is one of the greats. Mm-hmm. Sign up, Dan, if you're listening. Yeah, <clears throat> come on over. Should we wrap this up with rapid fire questions? Sure. Oh boy. All right. What's your favorite book? Um, Illusions by Richard Bach. Flour or corn tortillas? Uh, corn. Guacamole or queso? Queso. Favorite car? Uh, like a McLaren. Um, what is it? The five, 560S. All right. Red or green? Green. <laughs> Diesel or unleaded? <laughs> unleaded. Mid-grade. Mid-grade. Now, where do you want people to go to check out your work and learn more about you? Um, you know, the thing that always gets updated most frequently is my Instagram, which is at Z Sutton photo, um, Z Sutton is my website. Um, and those are sort of the two platforms that I'm, I'm updating and, you know, changing the most. So fabulous. We should start calling you Zed Sutton. Zed Sutton. Zed, right. Zed Sutton. Zed Sutton photo. Right. Yeah. Lovely. I like, they say Z here when they, they say Z. They yeah, add, yeah. They add two extra letters to Z. Yeah. Yeah. No, sense. yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I dig it. This this entire week, I've just been like correcting everybody with everything. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, let's go to the lift." I'm like, "Elevator." <laughs> yeah. like, the, they were like, "The what is it? The reception?" And I'm like, "The hotel lobby." Yeah, like <laughs> it's called the lobby. The windscreen. No, it's a windshield. Right. There's yeah. Not a screen. Yeah. There's not, not. There's nothing it's coming a trunk, through it. Not a boot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Zach, it was a pleasure sitting down with you. Yeah. And yeah, uh, appreciate the, the chat. Yeah, of course. Thank yeah. you, guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably see you in the next season of the podcast. Yeah. Stroll, I'll, Zach strolls I'll in. stroll through. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Zach. Just gonna, now that I see you guys are filming these, I'm definitely just going to be in the behind the scenes of every one yeah, of them. Yeah, we got cameras rolling. There. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Look at us. Oh, was, that, was that a surprise or did I, did I spoil no, the surprise? No, no, no. Not okay. a surprise at all. Okay. No, we probably won't even publish this podcast episode. Great. So we're all getting the train wreck vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to download this episode and all of season seven here from the photographer show, go to rggedupodcast.com. And we also have a whole other iTunes thing where you subscribe for free and it just sends you a podcast it's every like Wednesday. Magic. Yeah. It's like Zach Sutton. Sign, like, sign up and bam, all of a sudden it's in your email. Yeah. yeah. Bam. Breaking Booms. through the, the wall. <laughs> if you want to sign a six month lease with us, we don't yeah. do credit checks. Right. So come on by. Photographing men with photographer Jeff Rowe Haas is now available at ProEDU.com. You can get Jeff's entire workflow on lighting, posing, and retouching men. And if you're not not photographing men, you're just focusing on women, you're missing like 20% of the population. 
I, I don't even, I can't even do the math. Well, it's hard math. It's hard math. Yeah. Go to ProEDU.com and you can stream it or download it and get all of Jeff Rojas's secrets. Jeff Rojas. Haas. Haas.com. ProEDU is now unlimited. Get access to every single tutorial. Sign up at ProEDU.com today. podcast is officially over. See you next time. Never stop learning.